On Before the Bestseller, we talk with our favorite authors about the books they wrote and the stories behind how those books made it big. I'm your host, Alex Straffy, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Today, we have Joseph back on the show who came on to talk about Don't Believe Everything You Think, which has sold over 200,000 copies. You'll hear us talk about that. Joseph has perfectly executed his marketing uh, into a very practical and followable way, posting on TikTok three times uh, a day, and he doesn't even have a team. So he's done it all himself, which is where he actually knows directly what's worked, what hasn't worked. And so it's my pleasure to welcome back on Joseph today to talk about how he's been so successful, over 5,000 Amazon ratings, et cetera. Welcome back. Joseph, welcome back. Uh, last time we uh, honestly could have gone down rabbit holes for three hours uh, and, and <laughs> just because of the topic that you have, I don't want to say expert, but the topic that you have, I mean, because expert is sort of the external side of it, but the the topics that you've dedicated your life to uh, and the thoughts you have around those are absolutely fascinating. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk about those last time. For any of you who want to go on and, and hear more about Don't Believe Everything You Think uh, and that conversation, uh, feel free to check out uh, our previous conversation together. This time, Joseph has been kind enough to open up the hood and let us see behind all of the marketing that he has going on for his book, how he's been able to be success- so successful with his books. Um, I was taking a look uh, earlier and, and I didn't realize Don't Believe Everything You Think was only published last year. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking it was published like five, 10 years ago. <laughs> And um, and it's already sold over two hundred thousand copies, from what I understand. Um, yeah. Maybe you have some updated numbers on on that. But yeah, I would uh, you know love to kick it off. Um, how many copies of Don't Don't Believe Everything You Think have you sold? I'm not sure. I check very sporadically, just because again I don't really pay attention to those numbers very much. Um, I nice, just <laughs> yeah yeah. I last time I checked, it was like that's a two hundred k mark. Yeah. of how many books sold but that was probably five six months ago yeah so it's probably, probably near 250 300 something like that yeah. yeah and that's not even counting international and right now i i one of my uh influencers that i i work with that kind of helps me market the book they were just like oh by the way like your book's number one in india again i'm like oh what and, he, and i was like oh what category he's like no like not it's literally in all books, not any specific category. And I was like, what? Yeah, if you go, yeah, it, it should be, it might still be there, but yeah, I have a screenshot yeah. of it. It's, it's crazy. It's like literally above like the Bhavad Gita and like wow. Sadhguru and like, it's, it's nuts. And it's not even, it's not even there for like a little bit of time. It's there for a while and also repeatedly. So it's not just like because of a one promo, you know, and you sell like 200 books in one day and you're number one yeah. for an hour. It, it's, it's for a prolonged period of time, which is crazy. Um, I know it's like in on the New York. Yeah, yeah. it's literally above Atomic Habits right now. It's crazy. That's very, very cool. And and I want to get into Joseph's head uh, and his mentality behind all this last uh, last episode together. I feel like could give you some insights into how he views his success, um, which I think is probably a core part to all of this is just the fact that you're doing what you love so much. March 2022, uh, rewinding the clock a little bit, your your book launches, Don't Believe Everything You Think, right? Now, you've got two yeah. books that have launched since. I think I saw you have actually uh, another book on your on your website as well. Yes. What did the year or few years leading up to that launch look like for you? Well, seven months prior, the book wasn't even written. Wow. I, that's so you, Wow. Okay. Yeah, the book was written. I decided to write the book, I believe, October 
of 2021, which was probably seven, eight months prior to the, the actual launch of it. Okay. And then I finished it within a month or something like that, a month and a half. And then sent it to an editor on Fiverr, which was like 150 bucks, made my cover on Canva and then put it up. <laughs> so like that, that was, that's the story. And then my launch strategy was do everything I could that I thought I, that thought was useful. Yeah. So posting a lot. Well, actually prior to launch, I did post a lot on social media. So I started around November posting daily on TikTok. So I posted about three times a day and built a pretty good audience size of, I think like 20,000, 30,000 followers at that point. What did you uh, put in your posts? So I didn't have my book yet. So I was just, I was like, I'm going to share whatever pops into my head that day. So I just sat there and I would meditate and I would just wait and ask myself what wants to be expressed through me today. Kind of like invoking the, the, the muse, so to speak, universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And I asked, what did it want to express through me? And then I would just put it out there. A lot of it revolved around manifestation. A lot of it around, revolved around spirituality, peace. And that's how I grew the audience. But it was not related to my book at all until later. And about a month before the book launched, then I actually got the book. And I just started reading the book on TikTok. Just actual excerpts, sentences, three times a day. And just said, hey, you can like, get this book for a dollar whenever it launches, like the, the ebook version at least. So that's what I did. And I built an email list of a couple thousand people and then launched it. And I think that was, that was a big help to it, but I had zero audience at all. <laughs> like Which seven. makes this such a fascinating case study. Yeah. Like eight months prior to the book launch, I had zero socials, zero YouTube, zero Instagram, zero TikTok. I never posted. I never built any account. Never did anything other than run my, like have have a business before, but I didn't really run anyone's socials. One of the things that I encounter a lot with the books, the authors that I talk to where the books do really, really well versus the books that don't is they have really made themselves an expert in the topic to begin with, right? They've taught it to other people. It's It's been a life, almost like a lifelong obsession with this topic to be able to because it's not just about the knowledge it's about being able to then simplify that knowledge for people to to be able to relate to it someone who has no experience in t uh, to understand it so you know I, I a lot of you know there's a lot that can be done on the when a book launches to market it but i think there's also a lot that goes into the marketing during the writing because if you write a really good book you know it sells itself right so how did you become that expert in this topic? Um, you know, last time we talked a lot about your childhood um, and your awareness around the things as you grew up. But, you know, how someone who's listening to this is like, how do I know when I'm ready to write a book or when I have something that's actually worth sharing that's going to do well? How did you view that journey? Yeah. So number one is I would say you're never going to feel ready to write a book ever. There's always more you could learn. There's always someone else that's more of an expert than you. There's always there's always more that you could be doing. So the the heuristic to use is not do I feel ready to write a book and then I'm gonna write it. No, no one ever, no one ever does. And if you're gonna wait until that moment, you're gonna be waiting forever. So I would say anybody can pretty much write a book when if once they let go of their thinking. That's it. If you really want to write a book, you'll write it. Um, 
if you remove or just not let go of, or it's about just feeling that fear and doing it anyway. It's a huge part of it and not caring about what anyone else thinks. The biggest reason why most people don't write a book is not because there's not a huge business expense in the beginning or anything like that. It's because they care too much about what other people think or about what they think about themselves. If they let both of those things go, the book will write itself. Like so I can guarantee that. What's the difference between, you know, I, I, we have a lot of authors obviously that reach out to us and, you know, and unfortunately, you know, we're not a good fit for, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of them just because there's not a lot we can do without their book already having some sense of traction. You know, how do you set up the difference between, or, you know, why, because, uh, you know, they, they've written a book. What would you say is the difference between, you know, them who have written that book and the book hasn't resonated with people and, and your ability to have written a book that resonates with people? Yeah. So that's when I would say that it comes back down to why did they do it? There's, there's a big difference between wanting to write a book to become famous or an influencer or a speaker so you can have all the accolades and whatever else, right? That comes along with that external success. If that's the reason someone's doing it and you can smell it and see it instantly, it probably won't resonate with people <laughs> because they, they know that the author is just doing it for their own personal gains. Now, I, I do feel like a lot of books are written from that place of the author expressing themselves, but it comes from a place of fear and insecurity, and I don't know if this is good enough and all that stuff. Honestly, I don't know if that really matters. I think they can just publish it anyway. And at that point, if they have written it from a place of their own truth, then they probably just haven't done enough marketing. Like the book didn't just sell itself. I had to go out and market it every single day, three times a day, posting on TikTok. Like no one will find it unless I tell them about it. And it's not about going around telling everyone you're an author, but posting online to people who, who care about what you have to say. It's not going around in your personal life and telling everyone about it. That's just annoying, right? One, um, of, one of my favorite quotes by Alan Dibb, uh, author of the One Page Marketing Plan is random acts of marketing don't work. And, you know, you just talked about, I was posting three times a day. Uh, you know, it's, that's ritualistic. And it's those yes. kinds of rituals that seem to really work well for marketing. As you, you know, led up to the book launch, you were doing a lot of social media marketing. What, what are the marketing were you doing for the book? Yeah. So it was, it was posting three times a day. That was the biggest thing. I had an email list. I wasn't really emailing it much though. I also contacted a lot of different influencers that were related to my niche or industry and book influencers. So that was a, a vital part to the success of the book and just reaching out to them and asking them if they would like to read it, review it, I would send it to them free of charge. And then they would, they would give their own honest feedback about it. And that helped significantly. And then there was other accounts too, that were more broad where it was talking about maybe spirituality or something like that. Maybe it's like law of attraction pages or like faceless. And I would contact them and, and have them post about the book as well. So that helped a lot to bring it to other people. And of course the book had to be good because they were posting excerpts and quotes of it. So if the book wasn't good, then there's no amount of marketing will fix that. And that's why I said like, you have to write the book that you would want to read yourself. That's, that's first and foremost. And if you did do that, then fantastic, just gung ho and go market. Um, mm -hmm. I got pretty lucky on my first book to make it that big of a success, but if it wasn't, then I would just say you probably haven't written enough books. <laughs> That's, that's, for example, I had to post three times a day for, for four or five months straight, um, you know, before things really started taking off. It was months and months of just a couple hundred views, but 
eventually something something hit. And so that just came from sheer quantity. Um, but it's it's really not that hard to sell a book because uh, you, you don't have to get someone to read the whole book before they buy it or understand what everything's in it. So like you have an advantage as an author to just sell the benefit or what what's what are you promising them at the end of the day? So a lot of romance authors or whatever, they'll, they'll just sell, oh, it's, it's a small town romance between a farmer and some big city girl. Like, okay, I'm, I'm in like anyone that's in that genre is just in same thing with self-help. What's, what's that specific thing that you're trying to help them with? Is it uh, a, a new modality of me- meditating that, you know, like transcendental meditation or something, or is it, uh, are you using tapping in order to alleviate some anxiety? Like it's, it's quite simple to sell it and you don't have to you don't have to like share your whole entire book for someone to buy it. So I feel like we have an advantage in that way. What, uh, what did your influencer marketing look like? How many people did you reach out to? What was your messaging, et cetera? I probably reached out to hundreds of people at this point. How'd you make your list? Just went on Instagram. I typed in book, <laughs> nonfiction book, uh, self-help and all these things and tried to find as many accounts as I could that, posted about nonfiction books or whatever niche that genre you're in. Right. Yeah. So uh, cater it to that. And I just uh, okay. messaged every single person that I could find every single one, ask them what their rates were, how much does it cost? What's their turnaround time, everything like that. And I would compare prices and I would look at how many likes that they have per post and compare that to how many comments and look at the ratio. And does it look like it's bots or does it look like it's real people? And so I did my due diligence to make sure that the like ratio was really was like ratio to comment ratio was good. Just use your own judgment. I don't have a formula. Like it's just, I feel it out. <laughs> so yeah. just use your intuition on it. You could look and tell within two seconds if an account you should be working with or not. So did that work with them? Yeah, you had to pay money, but I just did it anyway and just trusted the process. But well, now it, you've you've probably got that knowledge that carries over into the next books where you know which ones to approach, which ones. Yes, to, which ones and it are. changes. Yeah, there's some that do really well and they bomb the next time. It yeah. it's it's just like any other social media platform. Not every post is going to go off, so I understand that. And then that's why I do the the law of numbers: reach out to as many as possible, diversify, and most of them will do okay. And then there's going to be a few that do really really well that make up for everything. It's it's literally like investing in in, in the market. So, yeah. yeah. What, what does your team look like at this point? So, you know, that's one of the other struggles that we hear a lot from authors is that, you know, it it just makes sense, especially if, you know, they're working a full-time job on top of being an author, you know, some people are blessed to be a full-time author, but how, how would you go about, how have you built your team to support the marketing activities that you're doing? Um, You know, what does that look like? Do you have a team, um, virtual assistants, et cetera? And what would you recommend when someone's starting out with building their team? Yeah, I would like what team? Like, I don't. You say, yeah, just, yeah, okay. I wasn't sure. It's if you just me. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. yeah. That shows. I mean, you, you must be putting in the hours then. It's not even that many hours. Like, I think people have this illusion that it requires a lot of people, a lot of energy, a lot of time, but it really it doesn't. When I said I posted three times a day, yes, it it sounds like a lot, but I was recording excerpts from my book in each video took 15 seconds to record yeah and i would do that in the morning and it would take 30 minutes that was my marketing for the day that's yeah. it like do you have 30 minutes and you can make a post within 10 so and and tiktok is very forgiving and then people are like oh what 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 if my post sucks or no one sees it 
okay, well, no one saw that the post sucked. So post again, <laughs> you know, like, like that's, there, there is no downside to it. Yeah, you might get a comment or two that's like, oh, this sucks, or you're, you're terrible. Okay, then fantastic. For every one person that says that, there's 10 people that really enjoyed it and liked it, shared it. So yeah, so for me, it's just me alone. I don't have a virtual assistant either. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't even see a need for one. And I sell, there's thousands and thousands of books a month. Yeah. You don't need one. Like yeah. if you do, you're, you're free for that. Yeah. Why, why would you waste your money time? Cause you have to, I try to be as efficient as humanly possible. If I'm hiring a VA, that means I have to have refined my process well enough, but I also have to manage them day in, day out. And the thing is when you're an author, the things that you're sharing are your ideas, your philosophies. How can a VA write your post for you? How can you expect them to, that doesn't make any sense. Like if you're talking about like an e-commerce business, yeah, sure. You're selling like shoes or something. You don't need the founder to explain the thought process behind the shoe. <laughs> right. But like, yeah. but if you're talking about your philosophies and these, Absolutely. you need to be doing that. You have to do that. And if you're not, then why'd you write the book? Yeah. Like, are you just using the book for money then? Cause I asked myself that a lot and I was thinking about building a team around me. Cause I was like, oh, like this is taking up so much time. But I'm like, when I step back to look at it, I did this because I enjoy exploring these ideas. Yeah. I enjoy talking about these things. And if I'm not having fun with it, I'm probably not exploring new ideas that are interesting to me at the time. And that's what happened. Yeah. So I find things that are interesting and I share them. Wow. Social media is just me documenting what I'm learning. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. How would I explain this to a, a child? How would I explain this to an adult? How would I explain it in this scenario? So I treat socials as a way for me to really explore my creativity, my curiosity, my interests mm. uh, in a public manner so that it's more refined. It's not just just these strings swirling around in my head that yeah. are that are that don't have any beginning, middle, end, and no coherence. So that's how I look at socials and I look at it more like a diary than anything else. I want to look back and say, oh yeah, I remember that's that was my process for doing that. And yeah. and it's not about like trying to perfect it. It's about can what you share help one person? That's it. That's the only measure you should be measuring against. It's not does it look better than this video? Is it how many views it all of that's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Can it help one person? Because social media is when you're posting, you're not posting to an algorithm. I remember hearing this before. You're posting to people. And if it doesn't pick up, that means it wasn't that helpful to people. <laughs> so that's all it is. So yeah, so it's like, don't think about the algorithm. Don't just great. think about people. One of the things I like to tell people when they're like think trying to figure out like what to put in their newsletter or what to post, I'm like, would someone be willing to pay money for the thing you're giving away for free? And it's like, if yeah. the answer is no, then you're not giving them anything valuable, you know? Yeah. Um, so just post and just share. Like, I just say, can you, can you, can what you're sharing help one person? Yeah. And it's not change their life. Can it help? And if it does, cool. Yeah. You did your job. And just post What's, it. One of the final questions I always love to ask, what is one thing that if you could go back and do it again, you wouldn't do because it was a waste of time and you can tell an author, hey, don't waste your time on this. It's it's not going to go anywhere. Luckily, I avoided most of that. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. But I had to really be careful. Yeah. So number one is procrastinating okay. writing and putting it out there and procrastinating posting. I was really lucky that I got myself to be able to start posting before I started publishing. Absolutely. Uh, so yes. I would also avoid traditional publishers. I would avoid believing that you need to be an expert to talk about something. Like I wrote my book in a month. People will say that's fast. Yes, it's fast, but it took a lifetime to write it in a month. Right. 
my entire life was was dedicated to this thing. And I'm not even an expert in whatever you call this specific school of thought, but the way that I describe it to myself and to other people, it's able to help them. So that's all that really matters at the end of the day. You don't need to be an expert. Can you help? Are you able to help your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your neighbor, if they came to you with a specific problem? And yeah. you can, then you have enough credibility to write the book. You don't need any credibility actually to write a book. And nowadays people don't really look that much into what are your credentials and all that. Yeah, people do, but like they just look at the title, the book cover, they like it, they buy it. And then basically if they resonate with the book, then it, it, it's helpful. So don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about any of those things, anything external. Um, I would just say post what you would want to see and write what you would want to read and then rinse and repeat and <laughs> just follow your intuition and all this stuff. Just have fun with it, honestly. Um, and don't, don't think you have to like dedicate just six hours a day doing this. It's just 30 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, just any amount, just start. And as long as you make it a habit, then again, like, would you do this for free? If you wouldn't, then don't do it. <laughs> so, you know, so, and then it's just like getting out of the way once you realize that, yes, I would do this for free. Yes, it's really fun for me. And just having, and just and actually enjoying it versus trying to, man, how many books did I sell today? Or what, like, it doesn't matter. Just show up every single day, post consistently yeah. every single day, and it'll, it'll turn out really well. <laughs> I love uh, I love how you framed socials as an exploration of your own thoughts uh, instead of you know just being like the goal of it isn't to get people to follow you it's it's you're yeah. exploring your thoughts and that's very genuine um, Joseph this is uh, amazing really appreciate your time um, I, I would love to have you back on if you're willing to come back on and uh, for those of you that are listening if you want to go back and hear about Joseph's book uh, don't believe everything thing you think he also has Beyond Thoughts uh, and I believe you just released another book on the nineteenth yes boundaries equals freedom. Boundaries equals freedom. So please yep. uh, check those out. Uh, I believe Amazon's the best place to find those. Yep. And I uh, really appreciate your time, Joseph. Thanks so much, Alex. It was a ton of fun. Awesome. Thank you for listening. I know there's many other things you could have been doing during this time. And I hope you found this episode incredibly useful for you and your journey. And if you did, or if you have any feedback, I would love to hear that in a review on Apple, that would be fantastic or anywhere else that you are listening to this show. So thank you. And if you're the type of listener that is also an author or looking to be an author soon, feel free to email me at alex at advancedamazonads.com. That's alex at advancedamazonads.com. And I'll add you to our weekly newsletter where I send out all of the best marketing tips I've ever heard from authors that I've had on this show and many of the authors that we work with. So I look forward to hearing from you if that's something you'd find useful. And either way, I look forward to having you back for our next episode. 